0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join me in a sunny, yet empty capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Matthew Howell, owner of Yorkshire Profiles, a company that provides laser cutting services and sheet metal faulting services. Matthew, hello. Hello there thank you for coming on the program today. Um, before we actually get into our conversation on leadership, we should probably address the COVID-19 situation. How has the restrictions surrounding the illness uh, impacted your business?
1: Um, well, thankfully for us, it hasn't been too bad so far. Um, we've been tracking the virus since um, late January, early February, keeping, uh, keeping up to date with the information from the World Health Organization so we had quite a few plans in place um, early on in terms of how to divide up the workforce, keep them at the at the correct distances. Um, we had uh, a certain stock level of hand sanitizer that we've been free-issuing to all employees. Um, so we, we've got about 50% of the workforce furloughs, and the other 50% uh, are working hard just to keep the, the important tasks um, going through, especially the NHS work, which we are prioritizing. But other than that, yeah, so far we have been um, relatively unaffected.
0: What sort of work are you doing for the NHS?
1: Um, sadly, I think we've pulled the short stroke because we're doing a lot of work for the um, the mortuaries rather than the, um, the actual healthcare side of it, which is uh, it's, it's saddening, but obviously it's still important to, to carry on with.
0: Now, uh, of course, it's going to be uh, sadly needed, uh, probably in ever-increasing numbers over the next few weeks, uh, and we wish you the best of luck with all the work uh, that you're carrying out. Uh, Why don't we move on to the subject of leadership? Um, I always like to start this part of the conversation off by asking a very simple question that occasionally has a rather uh, complex answer. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Uh, A leader to me is, um, well, when I think of the word leadership, I think of a process of uh, guiding a team or a group of people towards a common goal. So when I think of leader, I think a leader is a person who can do that effectively.
0: And how would you describe your personal leadership style?
1: I would say i'm um very hands on um I'm always in the in the workshop uh, talking to the employees um I would say I'm very transparent and honest with the workforce um I probably give them far too much information for what they need to know um but I do believe in in transparency from a from a leader.
0: Now, of course, a lot of uh, leadership is bound up in uh, dealing with people. And as we both know, people are not infallible. Uh, they have their bad days to become ill. Uh, sometimes they're not up to scratch. How do you deal with conflict within the workplace? With
1: conflict, I always try and be, um, yeah, I, t- I try and make sure that I'm a, as objective as I can be. I try and empathize with both parties, um, be a mediator, um, to try and get them to, to reach some kind of agreement in between and yeah uh, sometimes that's not always possible and you you do have to just choose the side and that's when you've got to fall back on your moral compass as such as to, to, as to which way to go with it.
0: Now leadership doesn't come out of thin air uh, it's rooted in some sort of experience let's go back to the beginning of your career when you first started out your working life were there any particular individuals uh, or uh, circumstances that shaped you as you are today?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say since um, since I started employment in, in my teenage years, I've always had uh, a fantastic set of leaders uh, above me. Um, they've always uh, pushed me harder to try and you know get me out of my comfort zones in terms of the work that I was taking on to try and stretch my skills and just push myself harder, really. And I'd, I'd say that you know that's led me to where I am today. To just just keep pushing those boundaries, just keep stepping outside your comfort zone as to what you can do, uh, to to keep moving forward.
0: What is the most uh uncomfortable part of going out of the cu- uh, comfort zone? Uh what's the the biggest risk that you've taken that's paid off?
1: I'd say the biggest risk that I've always taken on is um it's the expansion of the business. Um I mean we've we've done it uh, three times now with the latest one underway today, we're having a new machine installed. And you you're talking, you know, a good five to seven years of finance agreements, um you're working on projected numbers, there's no certainty. And then, you know, something like um, this, this pandemic comes along and all those numbers got the window, but you've got to know that your, your, your plan is sound, you're going to stick by it, and that you can effectively lead the team um, to still achieve that common goal of the, the higher turnover.
0: What is the uh, biggest achievement you think you've uh, uh, undertaken within your working life?
1: I would say the biggest achievements I've got is um, we had a bit of a quiet spell. It must have been about 2015, and the, the cash flow was just getting tighter and tighter. Um, but I think I was able to, um, you know, by maintaining a cash flow forecast of two years in advance, I was able to negotiate new terms with the bank, new terms with suppliers, and that, that really just um, smoothed out our cash flow, and it helped the company to survive a very difficult period. And then once we came out of that, we saw a number of years of of strong profit, and I was was really pleased with the outcome.
0: Now, leadership takes many different forms, of course, Um, and there are very uh, varied examples uh, across the world of uh, leaders uh, taking risks and uh, making successes of things. What sort of leaders uh, on the stage today inspire you?
1: Uh, to be honest and it's it's probably a risky answer but i i think boris johnson is uh, is a is a strong leader um i mean politics aside and in terms of uh, past political politics is is very good at riling up the manufacturing community you know this this whole backing britain and getting britain moving forward and you know pulling things back into the country such as manufacturing to to boost jobs and industry mm-hmm. i think i think he's is really good at doing it um, you know, it, it's not always as transparent as it can be. Yeah, he it, it, it does have his flaws like other leaders. But I do think he does have the charisma to, to rally the troops, as it were.
0: With manufacturing coming back to Britain uh, at this point in time, do you believe it's going to be a permanent measure? Or do you think that this pandemic will have weakened people's confidence in a globalized supply chain? Or do you think uh, that this is a temporary stopgap measure?
1: sadly, I would like to believe it's permanent, but I do believe it would be temporary. Um, it's, it's human nature to, you know, let things go over time. So I would say we'll have a, certainly a, a strong resurgence to begin with, but then within a period of maybe five to ten years, and costings and prices start to, you know, ease back down again. I think things will go back to a global supply chain again quite quite quickly.
0: Now, unfortunately, our time together is drawing to its close, but what does the next 12 months have in store for Yorkshire Profiles?
1: Uh, we are, well, we are growing the business. Um, so we are hoping to see higher employment levels, even with what's going on. You know, we are confident that we do have a plan in place to uh, to pull the work in and boost employment levels. Um, and really just to try and, um, you know, because we are, we are, we're also coming out of the, the Brexit transition as well. And what we're trying to provide really is is, uh, job security and just a a feeling of stability for everyone within the business.
0: Well, Matthew, it has been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you today. And I very much hope that you come back on the program at some point in the future. Matthew, thank you.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: That was Matthew Howell, owner of Yorkshire Profiles. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Andrew Strauss.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White and today we are joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today. Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, it, the pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least with your knighthood ashes series is one of the greatest sporting moments of this country's history now we could chat for hours about that but i know uh, i wouldn't be allowed to and and, and you've got <laughs> other places to be so <laughs> we can't do that but i if i may i would love to ask what your highlight was personally for that but perhaps more importantly um as a team how were you able as a group to deal with the pressure no doubt you were feeling
3: yeah well the the pressure is like nothing else that I experienced before or after because you know I think it's easy to forget how how much of a holy grail the ashes was mm. back then you know we hadn't won it for so long, and it seemed like we'd come up against these invincible Australian teams year after year so you know th- the closer we got to it, the harder it became um I remember Ashley Giles walking to the dressing room for the- f- i think it was in the final day of the series, and I looked at him, and he looked absolutely terrible—like <laughs> just white of a sheet, grey. He looked like aged about five years. I went, "God, Charlie, you're not looking too good." And he went, "Yeah, it's not surprising. I haven't slept for eight weeks." <laughs> and I went, "Well, join the club." Quite you know, I think we'd all been sort of living this behind our own closed doors, and um, yeah, it was just an extraordinary thing. And uh, without doubt, the the highlight was they'll feel comforted. There'll be a degree of sort of psychological safety or, some, or whatever it might you might term to, to make sure that the, the team comes together when the going gets tough. If they genuinely don't believe you care about them and you're in it for yourself, it um, doesn't matter how charismatic you might be. It doesn't matter, you know, how gregarious and, and how um, impressive you might be as a person. They will be wary of you. the World Cup final was quite extraordinary.
2: I know some fantastically avid cricket fans who were Googling there and then what exactly the rules became. because I Yeah, well, so was, <laughs> it I, was I, actually. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, Andrew, in your, in your wife's memory, you established the Ruth Strauss Foundation last year. Uh, in doing so, whether you'd admit it or not, yourself and the foundation has become an inspiration to thousands, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Please do take some time, if you wouldn't mind, Andrew
3: so after she died in december uh, 2018 uh, i came back and launched a foundation with two f- focuses number one to fund research into these rare forms of lung cancer these mm. are the non-smoking lung cancers um 5 to 7000 people each year in this country are diagnosed with these no one knows why they're getting them um but they're on the increase and it's women young women that are affected more than men extraordinary numbers yeah i mean in the list of top 10 cancers it's number eight rare forms of lung cancer number eight so it's not really rare it's probably a misnomer but it's um yeah we're really lacking in funding and understanding and then the second element and probably this is in some ways more pressing is um to help uh cancer anyone who's got cancer who has an incurable